the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of The Kingdom and Its Stories. We're delighted to have you with us today or tonight, whenever you're listening. And from wherever you're listening, it's a delight to have you with us. And today our interview is going to be a little different. We're going to be interviewing Brittany Ernest, who is with Christian Family Care Agency in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, and we're going to be learning about an institution. Often we look at individuals, but Brittany will be able, who's our guest, uh, is going to be able to share some both personal stories as well as institutional stories of how we can be more the hands and feet of Jesus. Brittany, thank you so much for being with us today. You're so welcome. I'm excited to be here. So as we get started, uh, let's do two things. One is tell us a little bit about Christian Family Care, and then I want us to tell, uh, I want you to tell us about you. Great. And Okay, go ahead. Okay. So Christian Family Care is an agency that was founded actually in September of 1982. So this is our 40-year anniversary, which is really cool. Um, And in 1982, we offered three services. We offered pregnancy counseling, adoption, and foster care. And today we offer a multitude of things. So we still offer those things, which are still the heartbeat of CFC. So I'll call it CFC, Christian Family Care. Um, But we also offer so many things. So we have counseling services, we have coaching services, but everything that we offer is for the purpose of strengthening families and serving at-risk children in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, good. Okay, we'll get into the details later. That sounds great. Now, how about Brittany Ernest? What's an elevator speech of who she is? So I have a, we'll see how, how in depth we want to get with this, but I have a very powerful testimony. I am. We want to hear it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I would say that I am an imperfect follower, a fierce lover of Jesus Christ. Wow. I love that. Yeah. And I'm a mother and a wife. And of course, um, hopefully a servant leader uh, at CFC. So that's how I would kind of define me in a really small amount of words. Yeah, I want to pick up on one thing you said. You said imperfect follower of Jesus. You you mean there are other people who are imperfect? 
I think so. I think I think that that would be true. <laughs> yeah, we all are, aren't we? Yes, that's so true. But anyway, okay, go ahead. Well, so um, I would love to tell you how I came to know Jesus Christ, if you are Please. interested in hearing that. Yes. Okay, great. So um, I feel like I knew Jesus before anyone ever told me who Jesus was. So my family would tell you, and they joke about this, that I have nine lives because I've literally almost died so many times. Um, the first time that I'm aware of was I was diagnosed with terminal cancer at the age of three. Oh, man. And um, and honestly, I, I have memories of chemotherapy and radiation um, from the time I was three until I was about four and a half when I had surgery and they removed the tumor and one of one of my kidneys. So I have one kidney sitting here today. Um, but that being said, during that time, I feel like I, I felt the presence of God even at such a young age. And even wow. though nobody had really told me about Jesus that I remember at that age, I just felt like there was a presence and that God was, is. yeah, that God was watching over me and that he had a plan for my life. And I would also tell you that Anyone who was interested in my, or, or it, I'm sorry, anyone who was involved in my life at that time, so whether it was a physician or whether it was a social worker or whether it was my family, they would tell you that that was an absolute miracle because um, I was stage four and I was supposed to die. And it, it's just miraculous what the Lord did with that. And so that began um, my understanding of the Lord in a very small way. And then when I was about 10 or 11, I had an uncle that went to uh, seminary at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, and he was coming back home to visit, and I grew up in Abilene, Texas, um, and he came back home, and he shared with me more about Jesus Christ. And so mm -hmm. I would tell you that at that age, I became a follower in the sense that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. What I did not do at that time was accept him as my Lord. And the okay. reason I, I say that is because I think it's important for us to know the difference. So I welcomed his grace and mercy at that time in my life and forgiveness, but I really didn't want to make him master. So I really didn't want to do submit my will right to his will. And so... Brittany, how old were you at this time? I was about 10 or 11. Okay. Yeah. And so I would I would also tell you that it wasn't until about five years ago that I really fully submitted my will to his will. And that has transformed my relationship with Jesus. So in what way? Oh my goodness. So, well, I had a, I had a son um, and he is six now. He'll be seven in January. He also is a miracle. Um, every child is a miracle. So I don't want to diminish that, but he is a miracle in the sense that we really, there's no scientific reason we should have been able to conceive. Um, the chemo and radiation kind of destroyed a lot of things in my body. And you can see in my discharge paperwork, they said, you know, the likelihood of me conceiving was very low. And so the fact that he's with us is amazing. And Amen. yeah, and so when he was born, we immediately, my husband and I started to see some really odd and kind of concerning things. And and so after about a year and a half, I, I felt very convicted. I felt like there was something spiritual going on. So I sought um, help from a trusted pastor, and she helped me to see that 
we had my husband and I had brought in some some generational sins, right? Like we we didn't really know, we didn't understand, we weren't following the Lord, we were doing our own thing. And so when we realized that, we just really saw the darkness we were in, saw the sin and we we submitted our lives to the Lord and and that has been a process, of course. So the sanctification process is ongoing, um, but it has transformed our lives in the sense that we don't we don't make our own decisions anymore. And so um, it opens us up really to be used more fully by the Lord, right? Because if I'm if I'm asking the Lord all the time about everything that I do, whether it's how I spend my money or where you want me to live or where do you want me to work. If I'm truly submitted to his will, then there's power and authority behind that. And, and then I can really fully be used by him to further Amen. his kingdom. Amen. Brittany, tell us how you um, how you got acquainted with Christian Family Care and what was it about their mission, their ministry, their vision, their purpose that drew you to it and what do you do specifically for them? Yeah, so I love this question as well because it falls right in line with what I just said. So I was a business owner, and the business was a secular business, and uh, it was very uh, successful from a, from a worldly standpoint. And I'm very thankful uh, the Lord put me in that role, and he, he allowed that business to be, and he wanted me to be in that business. And so all of those things were also part of this learning and growth. But it, it came to a, a moment where I, I really was praying to the Lord and going like, Lord, I feel like I need to be in a company that is aligned with who you are. And so mm. I kept asking the Lord, like, you know, where can I be in that space? And I'm a licensed professional counselor by trade. And so let me tell you something from the past that kind of the Lord made come full circle. So okay. about... When all this started about five years ago, I was questioning, you know, how am I going to offer counseling services? At the time, I was actually providing counseling services, and I was I was thinking, like, how am I going to— That was your business? Yes. So I was, I was okay. asking the Lord, how am I going to counsel people now that I know the truth, especially given um, regulations and boards and ethics that we have to follow where we're not allowed to— kind of lead people to Christ, right? Like we have to be very careful about those things because of our ethics and the, and what the board requires. And so I was grappling with all of that and asking the Lord, like, how does this work? How, how do you do this? And so fast forward, I had a company, um, it was a telehealth company. And, and anyway, so I'm asking the Lord five years later, like, how do I, uh, where do you want me to go? Do you want me to stay in this company? Do you want me to do something different? And he made it very clear to me that he was going to provide me another opportunity. Okay. And so, but I didn't know if that meant to tomorrow or six months from now or six years from now. And so I just kept praying and asking the Lord to show me. And I also had been working from home at that time. So my husband and I moved from Texas to Arizona two years ago in the middle of the pandemic. And so June of 2020, we moved to Arizona, a place where we know almost nobody. Um, and I was working from home because my company was a virtual telehealth company. Right, right. And so I, I said, Lord, how are you going to provide me with an opportunity when I don't know anyone? You're literally going to have to drop a job out of the sky. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> so I was in a meeting one day with a colleague and out of the blue, she said, I have to tell you something. She said, I I just need to tell you there's a job opening at Christian Family Care. 
Um, at the time, I had no idea who Christian Family Care was, again, because right. I had been working from home, didn't know anyone, didn't know anything. And she said, uh, it's a vice president of community and human flourishing. And she said, I just believe that you would be a great fit for that. And wow. I just knew in my spirit right then that that is that was it. That was the position the Lord called me to. And so then ensued like a six week interview process because Christian Family Care is very intentional about who they hire and making sure that that's who the Lord wants to be in that position. And so I went through that process. And then my first day of work was February 22nd of 2022. So uh, 2-22-2022, which I find not to be a coincidence, actually, because (laughs) the number two in the Bible is is symbolic of witness and unity. Um, And so anyway, I that's how I came to Christian Family Care. Um, I just knew that that's where the Lord wanted me. And so what what are the what is your primary role there? I know you gave us a title, but what does that mean? Yeah, so I oversee seven programs and all of those programs I would tell you are for the purpose of again strengthening the family is is very important but also serving at-risk children. And to take that a step further, um I would say that I work with my team So I have a great team of people that I work with at Christian Family Care. We go out into the community, engage the community in conversation, ask the community what it needs to fulfill that mission, what what services are are lacking, and then we work to create those services if they're not already part of what we do and maintain those services. Tell us a story that illustrates that. Awesome. So – a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity, again, a God moment. Um, I typically, at my in my position, I don't get to interface directly with clients a lot because that's a different, um, you know, level of employee that's doing that. But this was such a blessing because I got to interface with a client directly. So it was a Friday, and I was able to do an intake for a woman who needed help with her grandchild. And so... She had called us and she had said, I need respite from from this grandchild that I've adopted. We are struggling. We are having um, so many problems at home. And I just think we both need a break and we need to have space and I need to regroup and I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong and, and what I need to work on. And when she called us, she did not realize that the program was with Christian Family Care. Well, mm. the coincidence in that is she used to work for Christian Family Care years and years and years ago. So when she called us and figured out that it was Christian Family Care, she just burst into tears on the phone because wow. she loves Christian Family Care. She's like, oh, my goodness, I trust you so much. And so when she came in to do her intake, it was wonderful because she was able to um, feel safe and be very transparent about what was going on in her life. And she shared, you know, that she was raising her grandchild. She has uh, very difficult circumstances um, that this child came from. And so our program is called Strong Families for Children. This is the particular program that she was utilizing. Strong Families for Children, the purpose of that program is to provide a respite for parents or or provide child care in, in our homes, so in our volunteer homes, um, for children in difficult situations. So some of those situations could be— That's in order to give respite for— 
the uh, like the, this grandmother. Yes, but let me tell give you examples. So so sometimes we have single mothers who have no family, no friends, no one they can trust to take their children, and they're pregnant and are going into labor. That's one example oh, wow. of how strong families yeah. steps up. Another example is we might have an individual who is a single parent again and has nowhere to send their children, and um, maybe they need to go into a rehabilitation facility, and they, and they don't have anything to do. So in, historically in those situations, and typically what happens in those situations is that Department of Child Safety would have to step in, and then that is a whole whole new issue, right? And so we are able to step in. We work with churches and we find volunteer families who are willing to open up their home to these wonderful people who just need some help. And so in this situation, we were able to pair. So, so uh, Brittany, let me just interrupt here for a second. So that would be a way that families, Christian families, families in a local church could open themselves up to being Jesus' hands and feet. That to, is right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And also, let me let me take this time for a station break. Um, you're listening to the Kingdom and its stories, and um, in this broadcast, we try to interview people who can, through their personal experience, through their vocational experience, help us to understand uh, or to to give us creative ideas about how we can more effectively be Jesus' hands and feet. So, Brittany, let me get back to you. Let's continue that story. Yeah. So to your question, you know, yes, that is one wonderful way that we are able to use the church and the people in the church to rise up and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So in this case, she shared her story of her grandchild and and all of the background and and what was going on. But what I found to be interesting is how much in common that was with my own story. So I, really? yeah, so I was raised by my grandparents. And so as I'm listening to her and doing the intake and we go through about, I don't know, it's probably, it's a pretty exhaustive intake because we want to know everything that's going on and we want to pray for this individual and we want to, right. you know, take our time and hear them. And so it was, it was a pretty lengthy process. I would say a couple of hours. And afterward, I just felt like the Lord was saying, like, you need to share that you were this grandchild. Like this mm. was you and wow. and share that like the what the Lord's done in your life so that it will give her hope because she was struggling with how how is my grandchild going to be successful? Like she's not doing well. She's not thriving. She's not flourishing. We're having so many problems. And so right. I felt like it was it was the Lord saying, like, I have placed you specifically in wow. this situation with this individual so that you can share what I've done in your life. Yes. And so that was just an amazing experience. And we were able to, you know, pray over her. And, and I just think that she really knew that the Lord was there with her and that he was guiding her through all of that. So have you been able to place um, this child, this young girl in a family yet? Yeah. So immediately we paired her with a family who was willing and gracious to take her in. Um, the The grandmother only needed about a week of time to kind of get herself settled to work on some other things. And then she was able to take the grandchild back home. So she's already back home. Um, but it's just a place where we can step in and help when people are struggling. Wow. Well, I, I can just imagine what a huge, uh, 
relief it would be if I was that grandmother or I was that single parent without any other support system behind me to be able to come to Christian family care and say, please help me. I'm desperate for some time. That's right. And, yes. and to have, yeah. And to have you team them up. So just to reinforce what we talked about. So that's one way our listeners could consider um, uh being able to be this person who could provide that respite care, how would how would they contact you to be able to to see if they qualify for offering this kind of service? Yeah, so they can call us. So our website is c as in cat f as in frank care dot com. So if you go to our website cfcare.com, it's a plethora of information. And so you can look at volunteer opportunities. You can also look at this specific program, which again is called Strong Families for Children. And you can call and say, hey, I want to volunteer. We've had people email us as well. Um, Once you go to our webpage, there's an option to contact us at the bottom. You can also email. And it's interesting that you asked the question because recently we've just had so many people step up wanting to serve in that way. Um, There are so many other ways as well, if that's not if that's not the way that you feel called to. Right. Uh, I I want to just kind of change the direction of our conversation a little bit. Recently, we've had a huge number of refugees coming into our city. Um, Is Christian Family Care involved in serving these refugees? So we are not directly involved, but I would tell you, so there's a couple of things that are going on where I feel like we're, we're starting to intersect with that population. So one is... We are talking to Hope Center, which is um, out of North Phoenix Baptist Church. And if you all don't know about them, they're amazing. So they have um, basically like a resource center for families where they do have services for refugees. Specifically, I believe um, they can help people get citizenship in the United States and navigate that very difficult process. But they have a lot of services for refugees there. So that's just one thing that they offer. We are partnering, we are going to partner with them. So while we don't offer that direct service, we can always pair you with someone who does offer that service. Okay. The other place where I think we will intersect with that population is Empower College Prep. So Empower College Prep is a charter school in Phoenix and they serve K through 12. And we are really interested in coming alongside their families. Well, it just so happens that the two populations that they have the most children are the Latino population and then the refugee population. And so we're trying to work with them and figure out how can we um, partner with with them to strengthen their family and serve their children. Um, The barriers, of course, are language. And so um, we're working through how to navigate those barriers. Also, um, those cultures are very private many times. And so we've had challenges um, getting, getting those families to engage. Part of it is also that they work really hard. They work really long, hard hours. And so at the end of the day, you know, it's time for them to go to bed and, and eat and do all right. those things. And so right. – so I'm working with Empower College Prep to really go, okay, how can we break down these barriers so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus to those those people there? And so that's those are places where we're intersecting with other agencies who are directly in relation with the refugee population. 
Right. Okay. Good. Brittany, we have an audience that's listening to us. You know, you've got 60 seconds to tell them um, about or to challenge them about how they can uh, be Jesus' hands and feet in the context of the ministry that you're involved in and these others that you're cooperating with. What would you say? What would you tell them? Yeah. So you encourage them? I've thought about this. And honestly, I think the biggest thing is we can all do good things and good things are wonderful and we should always do good things. We should always be exemplifying the fruit of the spirit. But what I would tell you is if you will get in your word every day and ask the Lord, how can you use me today? Then he will mm. provide you with specific places and times where you can be of service to him. With Christian Family Care, we have so many opportunities for you to be able to do that. And if he leads you to us to be that um, volunteer or or just any any kind of servant, we would be more than happy to help you. And again, you can go to our website and check that out. There's so many opportunities. Wow. There are opportunities. And I love the idea of every day saying, Lord, how can you use me to be Jesus' hands and feet? Yes. So I want to encourage those of you who are listening to to do that today and tomorrow and the next week. Ask the Lord, how can I more effectively, Jesus, be your hands and feet? Brittany, thank you so much for being with us today. May the Lord bless you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.